They're here, everyone. They are the smart kids at the shops with their mothers or fathers, riding their bikes around the streets and playing down by the river, as well as talking to their friends on their smartphones. Join the smart kids each week as they discover, explore, and solve the mysteries of today. Here's your host, J.T. Crowley. I hope you've enjoyed my recent podcasts where I've been talking to you about how to build the main character, how to do the sub-characters, how to do the plots, which I split into two, where the first one was the scenery, and then the second one was the storyline. And I said to you that I've been using the example of my Icelandic character, Aldwad. And I said last week that I would actually read the story of Alderwood. So I've written it, and I'm now going to read part of it. So that, kids, you can see how the characters, the storyline, what I've covered over the last few weeks, comes to life. So you'll see Alderwood. You'll see how I talk about his the collar of his duffel coat, his pat, his scarf, his phone, the dog, what, what type of dog it is. And you'll see me introducing the sub-characters, Fana and Haldor. They're coming into it. You'll see where I have set the scene, the background that I talk about, and you're now starting to see the plot, the storyline unfold. So I'm going to read the, um, an excerpt from the storyline so as you can see how it all starts to fit. And this is how I do things. So for this podcast, it's going to be a very short podcast. It's just going to be me reading the story to you. See what you think. And it'll be interesting for your views uh, at the end of the podcast to say whether you like the story um, could you see, you know, the connections from the uh, different lessons that I've been doing over the last few weeks? And, and also, when I said in lesson five, getting the start right, see what you think to this start and the build up as I take you through the storyline, getting to turn those pages, remember. It's all about turning the pages. So, this is an excerpt, the start of the story of Alderwood, my Icelandic boy. Alderwood sat on the front doorstep of his house and put on his tan walking boots, for it was his turn to walk Magnus, the family Icelandic sheepdog. He slammed the front door shut, causing a small shelf of snow that had built up over the door to come crashing down. It was early morning, and still shaking the snow from his black duffel coat, Alderwood set off down the main road for Steikishholmer, a small fishing town on Iceland's northwest coast. Heading out of town with Magnus in tow towards Sungandisi Island Lighthouse, he could see some of the fishing boats bobbing up and down in the small harbour that was on his left. He looked closer, 
and could see the lights of his father's boat in the distance coming in. Alderwood waited until he could see his father from the boat's bridge. He waved to him, and judging by the enthusiasm with which his father returned his wave, he assumed the night's catch had been worth the effort. Alderwood walked on. He tightened his orange and blue striped scarf around his neck in a vain attempt to keep the biting Arctic winds laced with snow and ice from tearing at his skin. He was glad he had put on his black insulated fleece lined trousers and orange woolly pom-pom hats. It was all right for Magnus. He had his thick fur coat to protect him from Iceland's late winter come early spring unpredictable weather. Magnus was clearly on a mission this morning as he dragged Alderwood along. Alderwood turned one more time to look at the small town from where he came from before climbing up the coastal path. He could see the school lights were on and thought he would be sitting in there in an hour or so's time. Scanning the streets below, he could see that both Haldor and Fanna, his closest friends, were still in bed, evidenced by their bedroom curtains still drawn. They didn't have to walk their dogs at this unearthly hour of a bitterly cold, dark morning. And, coming to think about it, nor did his two older sisters. Alderwood inwardly thought to himself, he must be mad getting up every morning to take Magnus on this morning constitutional walk. Any normal 12-year-old boy would be tucked up in bed like his friends. It was unusual for Alderwood to head off in the direction of Sungandasi Island. He normally made for the open moorland behind where he lived. In summer, when the tide allowed him, he would take Magnus to Landy Island to run free and do his morning ablutions. So, what directed him to Sungandasi on this cold Icelandic morning? He wasn't sure, but something was pulling him towards the island. Alderwood turned right and walked up the steep path to Sungandasi Cliff. He knew the pathways which was just as well, for it was still dark and sunrise was not due for another hour at this time of the year. As he clambered up, Alderwood could hear all the goings-on down on the quayside as the ferry boat that took locals and tourists alike to the outlying islands getting ready for the day ahead. Alderwood let Magnus off the lead normally did, giving his dog a bit of freedom to sniff around as dogs do. The seat near the small reddish-coloured lighthouse had a rucksack on it. Alderwood looked inside it to see if there was a name tag on it. There wasn't. He'd take it into school to see if anybody recognised the bag because there was a school tie stuffed at the bottom. Alderwood pulled out from his coat his iPhone 8, removed one of his blue Nordic pattern gloves to put his earpods in to listen to some music he had streamed. 
Occasionally, Alderwood looked up to see where Magnus was. He could just make him out in the distance, sniffing and scratching around. Alderwood, satisfied that Magnus was okay, focused on listening to his music. Wrapped up in his own little world, Alderwood was unaware of how time was marching on, until he finally looked at the time on his phone and suddenly realised half an hour had passed. He jumped up immediately and shouted Magnus several times. Eventually, Magnus appeared with something in his mouth. What you got there, Magnus? Magnus dropped it. It was a bone. Alderwood looked at the bone. He recognised the bone. Looking at Magnus, where did you get this from, boy? Show me. Come on, show me. Magnus didn't move. He just sat there as if expecting a treat. Alderwood put Magnus's lead on. Come on, Magnus, show me. Alderwood took his earpods out and along with his iPhone shoved them back into his coat pocket. He picked up the bone with a tissue he had in his pocket for he didn't want any of his DNA to be found on the bone and he put it in one of Magnus's poo bags he carried at all times. Avalard waved the bag with the bone in front of Magnus. Magnus, come on, show me where you found this bone. Alderwood stumbled and tripped as he followed Magnus to the far side of the island. Magnus stopped briefly at the coastal path that led down to the rocks below. Alderwood knew it would be stupid to venture any further as there was still insufficient daylight. One wrong placed foot would send him falling to his death in the treacherous icy waters below. He'd come back later with Haldor and Fanna. It had stopped snowing and the wind had died down a bit, but that didn't stop Alderwood once he had skillfully negotiated his way back down Sugansea Cliff and onto the quayside from sprinting all the way home. As he ran, his mind was crackling with all sorts of theories as to how the bone got to where it was. But he would do nothing or say nothing to anybody until he went back for a second look. It was Saturday morning, so no school. Haldor and Fanna had no clue as to why Alderwood wanted them to go to Sugandisi Island. The weather was unseasonably kind, gifting them a clear sunny day. Alderwood walked with a sense of urgency, and for once he was dragging Magnus as opposed to the norm, which was Magnus pulling him. Haldor and Fanna were still trying to configure out what Alderwood was so light, so tight-lipped about. Alderwood stopped at the very same points on the cliff edge, on the far side of the island that he halted at yesterday. He opened the bag and got Magnus to sniff the bone. Haldor looked suspiciously at Alderwood. What are you doing? I don't know. 
Fanna cut in. What do you mean you don't know? You've got a bone in your hand, and I suspect it's a human bone. I've worked that out, Fanna. In fact, with what I can see from the internet, it's from a human arm. But whether it belongs to a man or a woman, that I'm uncertain of. But I have a niggling feeling that this bone Magnus discovered yesterday isn't on its own here. Alderwood went on to tell his friends what had happened yesterday morning when he was here with Magnus. Alderwood whispered in Magnus's ear, Go! Magnus scampered down the cliff face. The boys followed carefully, picking their way down. At the bottom of the cliff lay scattered boulders that led to a tiny shingle beach, only visible when the tide was out. All three boys understood the local tides and they knew they only had the best part of a few hours before the tide would sweep back in. So they would need to be back on the cliff top to avoid the sea's fury within good time. Above and between the boulders were a few small cavernous spaces. These and the surrounding cliff edges in Iceland's summer months would be home to puffins, kittiwakes, and common eider here for the breeding season. Only brave egg collectors would attempt to come down here between those months and face the relentless swooping attacks. But with it being April, and still so early in the season, Alderwood, Haldo and Fanna didn't have to worry about that. Alderwood noted which cave Magnus had crawled into. He clambered up, as did Haldo and Fanna. Haldo shone a torch, and all three boys stared at the collection of bones that were strewn around. The stench from the previous year's bird droppings was putrid. Alderwood could feel himself starting to wrench and backed away. Alder turned to Alderwood and Fanner. We need to gather these bones and take them to the local cop shop. Absolutely not, screamed Alderwood. This is either a crime scene or some kind of ancient burial site. And judging by the conditions of the bones, I'd say this is a crime scene. Either way, we mustn't touch or interfere with these bones. We need experts to examine them. Fanna looked at Alderwood straight in the face. So, how come you know so much about the conditions of bones? I've read quite a few books on criminology. The subject fascinates me. I want to be a pathologist when I grow up. What? Looking at and cutting up dead bodies? Alderwood, you're weird. That's just your opinion, Haldor. The boys climbed back up the cliff face and walked back into the small town. As they did so, they chatted amongst themselves as to what to do next. Alderwood knew they should contact the police, but Fanna had a different view. 
They only had Haldard's word that the bones were human. What if they were not? For there were no human skulls hidden amongst the bones. And how foolish they'd look if they got the authorities involved only to discover they were the remains of some poor dead sheep or something. My mother has a friend who works at the University of Iceland in Reykjavik in the archaeological department, said Fanna. She'll know if that bone you have, Alderwood, is human or not. I suggest we take it to her first, and as she confirms it to be human, she'll probably be able to date it. So we'll know if it's an ancient or recent bone. If it's recent, then we can we have discovered a crime scene. And we can then tell the police. If it's ancient, then the archaeologists can investigate. Either way, it'll put us in a good light with all concerned. Alderwood and Haldor looked at each other and decided to go along with Fanna's suggestion for the time being. But as to putting them in a good light with the police if it turns out to be a recent bone, Halderwood very much doubted that. So there you have the, an excerpt of the story. And I will take it on because it's going to be a very fascinating, intriguing story because this is going to be a, a crime scene. And it's a crime scene of where I take you back to the Icelandic cod wars between Iceland and Britain. And it's about the bones. They are the bones of human bones. How do they get there into the cave? And the story will go on to um, involve the present Icelandic prime minister. What did his family know about what happened back in the Icelandic Cold Wars? How did those bones get there? Whose bones were they? I'll tell you that they were British bones of British fishermen who had disappeared. And the British authorities had come to Iceland to help to find them, but nobody found anything. No bones. But the Icelandic Prime Minister's father was under suspicion and he was charged with their disappearance. But he got off because there was not sufficient evidence to charge him. But now the bones have come to light watch the story unfold and what ramifications is it going to have for the Icelandic Prime Minister. So you see kids, this is going to be a fascinating story. It's a crime thriller. It's a crime story. Because I said to you, Alderwood was fascinated with criminology and now I've told you he wants to be a pathologist. And you can see how his friends, Halder and Fanner, interact with him. They're supporting him. And how the dog comes into play. 
And you can also see that I tell you about, oh, I said the black duffer coat. It was the blue and orange striped scarf, the orange woolly hat, the iPhone 8, and his fleece lined trousers. I told you the way the story is going to be set. And now you can see it all coming to light. But eventually, I will completely rewrite, I will do the story complete. And when I do my next book, I will, you will see the whole story unfold. Next week, I'm going to take you to, hmm, where shall I go? Hmm, Norway. And I will introduce you to my Norwegian character in my Nordic Kids stories. So until next week, take care, goodbye, and enjoy the stories. Thanks for listening to The Smart Kids. Want to follow more of their adventures? Check out The Smart Kids by J.T. Crowley on Amazon.com now.